Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Ahoy hoy, everybody. We have some special news for you. Talking Simpsons is about to do its fourth live show this Saturday, July 28th at Piano Fight in San Francisco. 5.30 p.m. is when the doors open and you can take a seat. No admission required. And you can see me and Bob go through a classic episode of The Simpsons live. And this time we are revisiting Camp Krusty. It is the summer and it's time to do a summer vacation episode. We'll be there. We'll have clips. It'll be just like sitting and listening to us, except you can be there and meet us and then drink beer too. And other kinds of alcohol. (laughs) It's a perfect way to celebrate the summer talking Simpsons style. So that's Saturday, July 20th. The Piano Fight Bar, downtown in San Francisco, 5.30 p.m. The BART train goes right next to the venue, so if you take public transit, it's really easy to reach. You don't even need to drive. That's right. Saturday, July 28th at 5.30 p.m. at Piano Fight. Be there and be square. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy, everybody. Welcome to Talking Simpsons, recorded live in the Hammock District. I'm your host, boiled celery enjoyer Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who is here with me today? Uh, Henry Gilbert, and I've got a raging case of disposed. Ooh, who else is here? Uh, Allie Gertz, and I'm reticulated. Yeah, uh, Julia Prescott, I didn't know we were doing this, uh, so I didn't prepare. And today's episode is You Only Move Twice. You're a northern reticulated chipmunk. Yes, you are. You are so reticulated. Today's episode aired on November 3rd, 1996. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. Oh boy, Bobby, Giacomo Leone of Italy wins the New York Marathon. Romeo plus Juliet equals number one at the box office. Whoa. And two days later, Bill Clinton is reelected as president. Coincidence. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that Romeo plus Juliet, it was the cool, I think I listened to the soundtrack, but never actually saw it. It looked too, looked too scary and, and adult scary? and mature as a kid. I was like, oh, I can't, these, I'm only 14, I can't have these. We're like Romeo and Juliet. Yet, but it ended in tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, John Leguizamo, and I think his first legitimate role. Uh, yeah, that would be fucking great. That sparked my thirst trap for Leo Dio. I think as a Leo age boy, I was resentful of his fame and attractiveness, so I, I, I dodged that one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I eventually watched it in my Baz Luhrmann watchdown, as I would eventually do, <laughs> just just for completeness' sake. But then once he made Australia, I'm like, I'm not watching every Baz Luhrmann film. <laughs> so I'm good. He made right Australia. He, he created the country. Wow, of Australia. he's powerful. Uh, so our special guest today, uh, 
everyone has been asking. Uh, we have a lot of guests that come through our, our, our stable, and they're always asking, like, I want to do You Only Move Twice. I want to do We're like, we're saving it for something else, and we're saving it for our competing, our, co- our competition, the Competing <laughs> Simpsons podcast. Oh, wow, I had no idea. Yes, but uh, I want to say this is a peacekeeping mission. We're on friendly terms. <laughs> yeah. I've been yeah. offered two drinks. I have not passed out yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're from Everything's Coming, coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. Anyway, <laughs> we like to commit to a bit. Yep, we do. <laughs> um, we're excited to be here. Um, we were uh, very excited to just have you on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be coming out soon if it's not already out, uh, depending on when you're listening to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, we were we are very honored to be talking about what is uh, easily in the top five episodes of all time. At least that that's what I believe any sane person would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it is truly easily the best guest uh, appearance. It's the best character mm-hmm. that only shows up once. It's it's yeah. a perfect perfect episode. We've talked a lot about uh, you know on our podcast how the Simpsons movie should have yes. uh, the yeah. villain Why don't Hank we say Scorpio. That? Yeah, let's talk about that now. That's such bullshit. It wasn't. <laughs> I'm still angry. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure some Simpsons writers still are angry as well. Yeah, they. I'm. I am certain somebody wanted to do it. I. In our Mike Scully interview, I asked him like, "Why wasn't that Scorpio?" And he's. He just kind of was like, "Yeah, I don't know. It's just is <laughs> <laughs> non-committal, especially when it's he's the same guy. Russ Cargill is Scorpio, except yep. less interesting. And he's with right. Rainier Wolfcastle, but it's not Rainier Wolfcastle. Yeah, sorry. It's <laughs> both voiced by Albert Brooks, I think. Cargill and Cargill and, and yeah. 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 It, I mean, that was sort of like the thing that really pushed over the edge for me where I'm like, you already got the guy in the <laughs> studio. Like, <laughs> the hell? And he rants just like Scorpio, too, in yeah. the movie. It's 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 a wasted opportunity. I agree. Well, this is, the only, this is the only Simpsons movie I need. This episode. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, could yeah. Be the, it could have been a movie because they go to a different location. There's a mm-hmm. supervillain that's thwarted. It <laughs> right. has its own theme song. Well, I guess song. he wins, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the Scorpio theme song. <laughs> He's such a classic episode. What was surprising? me in the research for this was that it was it's the first episode that aired in season eight after the treehouse but it's a production season seven one so this was when they were like Ah. as they say tired as they were making it and but this this feels like intentionally a season premiere like let's let's start things over let's have a new setup and Mm. pretend there's a big part of this is that they want to pretend that the series is rebooting and they're leaving Springfield forever though I I didn't even know that was the point of it until the commentaries because when I watched it I never thought they were leaving Springfield forever well can I also say that this was actually on the writer's room board for Mm. I want to say two years at the minimum Mm. Josh Weinstein had spoken about this Um, I host a Simpsons trivia show called Stonecutters Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> and he was our special guest once and he mentioned that and that kind of broke my brain because of course I mean it makes sense like you know that they would really want to you know to a painstaking degree make sure that they produce the best version of this story as possible and like wait until you know it gets out there but just as a fellow writer and creative it made me go oh great like you can ruminate on something and, and that's okay like I shouldn't be you know sweating the fact that I haven't written my movie yet <laughs> or something you know well usually when Albert Books appears he kind of overpowers the story in Bart's Inner Child. Uh, he's great in it as Brad Goodman, but the story doesn't really go anywhere because right. as they say on the commentaries, like he 
ad-libs a ton. He records, like, so much extra stuff. Like, he writes his own jokes. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're like, probably, in, in terms of a recording, like, two hours of Hank Scorpio on the books. Which, we, yeah, which we all need to listen to. Like, uh, where can we access that? I, I don't know. Heaven? <laughs> as soon as you get oh. to heaven, they give you they I'm give dying you right now. <laughs> I'd convert. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah for that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dan Castellaneta's, uh, his responses to all the things are so good, they're too. So good. They're so <laughs> natural. They're mm-hmm. so funny. It's yeah. some of my favorite Homer material, even though Homer himself is not being especially funny. Just all mm. the, uh-huh, yeah, that's right, okay. Like all of those little <laughs> yeah. tiny things that are going back to what I, yeah. Albert Brooks is saying is so funny. I also love just seeing Homer being valued and like having a good relationship with a boss in this and, episode. And trying, too. He's not he's yeah. not lazy in this episode. <laughs> he's actually trying very hard. Right, well, yeah. I just, I love him, like his opinion being valid and, and, and worthy. And there is a sunniness overall to this episode that I think, you know, helps translate it to being one of the most uh, cult obsessed episodes of mm-hmm. Simpsons fandom. I think Dan Castellaneta brings a lot of improv to Homer usually, but with Albert, he gets to have a, a, a improv partner. I, it feels like they're always in the booth together. I think this yeah. is the last time they recorded together Aww. like this. Okay. Yeah. It, but there's so it many shows. There's, yeah. there's so many great pauses of Homer yeah. just going like, no or yeah or just <laughs> yeah. His, and he uh-huh. just gives a yeah. little bit he but just the right amount it it's feels so great good. yeah uh so this this episode begins with smithers in a great mood yeah mr smithers may we offer you a ride to work <laughs> no thank you <laughs> we're from globex corporation We'd like to talk to you about an exciting employment opportunity in our nuclear division. Flattered, but spoken for. We're prepared to offer you an impressive salary, plus health benefits for you and your life partner. The answer is no. What's wrong with this country? Can't a man walk down the street without being offered a job? (laughs) We'll have to go to the next most senior man at the plant. Here we are. Ten years experience... His name is... March, I got a new job. I love it's it. It's with Globex Corporation. I get more money plus health benefits for me and my life partner. <laughs> <laughs> it shows how far this episode goes in that the woman in the car later kills Norman Schwarzkopf with her thighs at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So you have no idea that the episode's heading in that direction at this point. But his killer She's, secretary's yeah. always there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think, too, that reference to life partner, like that is, that's just a normal thing, I think, in a lot of uh, hiring deals that it's not just a spouse that gets benefits it can be a domestic partner of some kind but i think they did that because in 1995 yeah it was all over the news that disney was offering domestic partnership benefits which caused some conservative groups to be very upset with disney that they were because gay employees could then get or same-sex and partner be you know what i mean yeah absolutely so and so it's, it's very clear that although you know he's in a great mood uh he says that you know flattered but spoken for but I then it's it. the it's the life partner line that mm. kind of is just like stay away from me and burns yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love him being p 
peak burn sexual in this moment is really great. <laughs> and it, it also, it's not a specifically different day for Smithers either. So you can assume <laughs> that he always is just singing on his way to work. Just happy, <laughs> happy to be working for Monty Burns. Well, I, I don't know if this parody of uh, Silicon Valley or whatever, I mean, what is this, like the tech industry of the 90s, e-commerce, whatever is happening here. I don't know if that Some dot is, com boom yeah, stuff happening. Mm. I don't know if that's lost the time because Elon Musk is very much a Hank Scorpio figure. He is actually making flamethrowers. But yes. at this point in time, it was the era of like the crunchy progressive CEO who was still a ruthless capitalist, you know, would sli- right, slit right. his enemy's throats for a nickel. But <laughs> it was he offered his employees like nice houses to live in and they had a campus you could live in and things like that. I don't know if, if this this is lost to time, this reference they're going for. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing, and obviously, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about the Elon Musk Hank Scorpio thing, just because that's what the whole internet <laughs> talks about. But I have to say, not he Elon wishes. I yeah, I think so too. Stand yeah. when people make that comparison. Cheerfully withdrawn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the whole internet says it though, and people love to talk about it, and I totally see the connections, but. Come on. Mm. Just flamethrowers you need to do. He's nowhere near as charming. He is no. dating Grimy, though. Right? Ah, <laughs> there yes, it is. Yes. Uh, I got oh, nothing else to As add. she liked to be called. Uh, so Homer's trying to sell them on it. I like how Marge calls it, uh, it. Like, not just Bart's lawyer lives here, but also that she's got this rut she doesn't want to get out of. That's mm-hmm. that's how I feel about moving to. I was just like, well, look, I this might be a more exciting place to move to, but I love my rut. It just feels great. This <laughs> but Homer has just the VHS to change Marge's mind. Homer, I don't want to leave Springfield. I've dug myself into a happy little rut here, and I'm not about to hoist myself out of it. Just bring the rut with you, honey. Come on, take a look. Cypress Creek. A tale of one city. Uh, let's watch up, Mouse. <laughs> Homer, you're trying to talk us into moving to this place. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's watch this. <laughs> this place... Somebody ought to build a town that works. Somebody did. <laughs> it's called Cypress Creek, a planned community designed for the workers of the Globex Corporation. Cypress Creek, where dreams come true. Your dreams may vary from those of Globex Corporation, its subsidiaries, and shareholders. So every abandoned store turns into a coffee shop, a different kind of coffee shop, and the mailbox, sorry, James L. Brooks as a bum turns into a mailbox. (laughs) Yes, and of course, I I know 100% uh, with certainty that anyone listening to the show knows exactly which little sound is each thing turning into a different thing, because I could hear it in my head perfectly. I I know. Uh, That's one of my favorite jokes about, like, the dehumanization of homeless people Into. that's perfect <laughs> like not just of like we live in San Francisco and the, I like people have written articles for San Francisco Times of like why do I have to see homeless people Ugh. when I'm going to my job and uh, like F you buddy what a monster yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, fuck you grow a heart yeah but this joke is such a perfect encapsulation of that idea of like couldn't we just turn this person <laughs> into a mailbox? A yeah. yeah, just make him a thing. It's just so just so cruel, but with like such a nice little saxophone. I think they said this was based on the Nike campus in like um, Redmond or, or Seattle no, or where, yeah. like in the north in the Pacific Northwest, wherever that's happening. I think and, it's actually in Portland. Oh, Portland. Now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, or something. Uh, <laughs> it's I, in there. Pretty sure Facebook. I mean, Facebook has a campus uh, by where we are, but they might also have a campus in, into the Seattle area too. I would bet. 
said Microsoft is where. Oh, they're Microsoft. This from. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. It feels, especially all those coffee shop jokes. Like this was before there were Starbucks in every single place. So right. when I think of a '90s coffee shop jo- joke, I think of Seattle. That's, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of reminds me of like the stuff Tim and Eric would later do of making fun of the ta- the promotional videos made with such earnestness, right, but right, poorly. Right. That's actually like my favorite component of their show because mm. I. I don't know. I like pure, honest people and pure, honest things. And there's something that is very unsettling in how rascally and puckish their (laughs) approach to comedy can be Mm -hmm. that I feel uh, borderline exploitative. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I I assume that they were tempted to stick Troy McClure into this video, but they're like, no, it's it wouldn't fit. But it's like mm-hmm. I feel like he's missing right, in some right. way. Well, because they're trying to sell yeah. us the audience on this community not being something that's going to have like a nefarious purpose. Right. And I think since Troy is such a representative of you know shitty um, DMV videos <laughs> and like other you know shitty made for TV movies, that it would have put a weird yeah. pallor. He's on always it. being yeah. disingenuous. And in canon, yeah. maybe Scorpio is like, uh, we. Can can do better than Troy McClure. Yeah. We don't need to hire that washed up guy. Right, of course. <laughs> so he convinces them and they're going to they're going to move away. I like Oh yes, when they're showing off the house that they are trying to sell it. Like first when the chimney falls out <laughs> in the window and then when you get the establishing shot in the next scene, the the fallen chimney is still there. Like this that little bit of uh, continuity is Yeah, the details okay. great. Yeah. And uh, when I shop for apartments, I often do think like, oh, windows. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't do that. Uh, I, I really love, so when the family is all kind of coming around on this idea of uh, moving, uh, you know, Lisa's talked about this idea of just like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, it'd be nice to go somewhere where people aren't like shoving, shoving you and knocking you down and right. Bart immediately shoves her. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and Homer's defensiveness too when the video's over. He's like, so what do you think of Cypress Creek and me now, Marge? It's <laughs> 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 finally showing her. But the show takes us very seriously. Then they have to sell the house, which mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they would do later. They just move them out immediately. Yeah. Just have more fun in Cypress Creek. Right. And, Cut those corners in the story. And also they'd be like, well, we didn't we show this like three times already? Well, the uh, viewers can just assume, but they see <laughs> Little Lugger, they've moved. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of the title of this. Like, so you only move twice. Obviously a reference to James Bond film, you only live twice. But it also, I think, is factually accurate for this point in the series. I think Dancing Homer is the only other time they move. So this would make the second time they moved, mm. I believe. Can you... Mm. Think of a previous move to this one other than Dancing Homer. They moved to that houseboat in... Oh, shit, you're right. I don't know if they actually moved in Dancing That was more Homer. like hiding. Yeah. I don't know. It's the Thompsons. It's a move. It's a move. Oh. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, and so they decide to just abandon the place, which I thought of that so many times. I just moved apartments in December for the first time in like eight years. And I so just wanted to put up the abandoned sign and be like, I'm out of here. Yeah, it's, same here. Yeah. I, it's, uh, short of lighting everything on fire, I... Why did I think I needed all of these video games? <laughs> I, I really love Homer walking Flanders through being a doormat. He's like, Oakley doakley. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that he he has taken Ned's downstairs bathtub. Yeah. Yes. Are you going to be needing this in the other house? Yes. Yeah. And just the body language on Homer getting in the way of him looking at <laughs> it. We talk all the time about how Oakley and Weinstein are such continuity nerds. These are two, not the bathtub, but the other two things are things Homer did borrow. He borrowed the T-1000 
TV tray was the first thing he ever yeah, borrowed that's from right. uh, Nand in Lisa's first word. Mm. And then the power sander, you don't see him directly borrowed from it, but that is the one that Ruth Powers borrows from Homer. And it's what's on top on of the it. Land. Right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sanding away the floor. Yes. Uh, I love that. Yeah. They're such nerds in the best way. <laughs> but they're, they're looking out for us, too, because exactly. they're one of us. Yeah, I, I feel us, seen. But so don't yell at us for a podcast for three hours long. <laughs> no. We're just as obsessed. We're, do- <laughs> we're doing it for them. So then they leave town and there's a big like farewell and goodbye. That This was when they really wanted folks to think like, no, we've rebooted the series. It's going to be in Cypress Creek from now on. We're saying you're never going to see these funny characters again. Mm. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Getting uh, out of Stinktown? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Just Homer w- with the rose-tinted glasses. If this yeah. town's been awfully good to us. No, it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even, oh, yeah. <laughs> even Burns says goodbye, though. I know. It's, it's sweet. Yeah. I like it. Uh, so Long Stinktown is <laughs> the funniest version. Because, like, at least Stinkfield would have liked uh-huh. <laughs> That's pretty much, and I, I know I've at least said this on three different occasions, when I leave a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> so Long Stinktown. So Stinktown. I intro, said it when I broke up with somebody. Oh. <laughs> in my intro, I was going to say recorded live in Stinktown, but I didn't want to seem like a Bay Area snob. Ah. Yeah. Oh. I have nothing against Los Angeles and the Good. people within it. It's nice. <laughs> uh, Yet. So then they arrive in Cypress Creek. They also mentioned on the commentary how... They always remember this as the Emerald Caverns episode because they always they called it that. That was the name of it until they changed it late in production. And so, for the writers, this is always Emerald Caverns, as they say. Like that's in, instead of the Cypress Creek. Yeah, instead of Cypress Creek. I that's that to me. I that's like when we we've watched some deleted scenes and I think like would this be my favorite thing if it if it was that instead of this other scene would I love this if it was Emerald Cavern <laughs> I think Cypress Creek is better they much do, better yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they do joke like yeah that's really funny Cypress Creek right mm-hmm. that was worth yeah. it yeah well I, I yeah I just also think that it's like the beigeiest words strung yes. together yeah. so I, I dig that and you get alliteration so. yeah, yeah 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 this is also a John Schwartzwelder one which I like we didn't ask uh, oh no we did ask Mike Reese about Schwartzwelder are you guys, did you ask yeah, him too? Yeah, yeah. We talked to Mike about him, and I think we also talked to Al Jean about him. We I'm talked sure. to everybody we yeah. can about him. He is such a mystery man. I want to know more. Though, I mean, <laughs> Mike Reese is trying to dress down his mystery. Yes. But then I'm like, no, he's still a, sounds like a real weird, an odd <laughs> duck. I'll yeah. Say. Yeah. We're, we're big old fans. We love his books. Um, mm-hmm. We've we've made a joke about making a fake documentary called Searching for Schwarzwelder. Yeah, where... like a Searching for Sugar Man <laughs> yeah, kind of we're, riff. Yeah. So we go on, we embark on this journey to find out the true mystery of uh, Schwarzwelder. And then we uh, stop by, like, Mike Scully's house mm-hmm. just to wish wish him well as we're about to leave. And he's just like, you know, I have his phone number. I could just tell you where he lives. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh. all right, well, okay. okay then. <laughs> and then we find him. And we should, then we should shoot over. that. They, they cold call him on a commentary. That's I the know, one time you so, hear him. Yeah. So good. Because yeah. at the end of I mean, I'm sure everyone's already listened to it, but it's such mm-hmm. a good thing. At the end of it, he he says just like, too bad this wasn't really John Swartzwalder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I love it. Uh. Yeah, uh, so he plays up that mystery too. But uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys have already read Mike Reese's book. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I've read the Schwarzwalder books too. They're all uh, not all of them. He's made so, so He's many. Made a lot. But, uh, but the, the time, time machine did it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's the first yeah. one. It's great. Uh, they, it's like a joke every sentence, not even paragraph. Like, right, right. Speaking of funny characters, hey. uh, Hank Scorpio arrives on the scene. I am here to welcome you on behalf of the president of the Globex Corporation. Me! <laughs> Try the papayas. 
They're juicy and full of papain. Makes you strong like Popeye. Popeye, Popeye-in, Popeye, Popeye-in. See, same thing, same thing. Ah, uh, forget it. How are you? I'm Hank Scorpio. Wow, my boss. Don't call me that word. I don't like things that elevate me above the other people. I'm just like you. Oh, sure, I come later in the day, I get paid a lot more, and I take longer vacations, but I don't like the word boss. Hey, look at my feet. Okay. You like those moccasins? <laughs> look in your closet, there's a pair for you. Don't like them? Then neither do I. <laughs> get the hell out of here! <laughs> Ever see a guy say goodbye to a shoe? Yes, once. Mr. Scorpio, <laughs> this house is almost too good for us. I keep expecting to get the bums rush. We don't have bums in our town, Marge, and if we did, they wouldn't rush. They'd be allowed to go at their own pace. Aww. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm in the middle of a fun run. <laughs> see you at work tomorrow. It. Although I don't really like to call it work. <laughs> So, uh, so. Uh, that's obviously such a huge controversy. Yeah. It is the, right, it is the dress yeah. of the Simpsons. I say teach the controversy. Yeah, so yes once is is the one, like, uh, uh, well, so we've gotten the answer now, but when I first heard it, I always took it as Homer, at a, some point before today, had seen a man yell at his own shoes. That's, I, that's too, what I, interpreted it, it I did as that. That's me, that. yeah. Okay, then, then who are these weirdos who think that he really means yes I just saw you throw your shoes I'm so happy that the four people that host <laughs> the Simpsons podcast are all in agreement yes. Yes. definitive yes. now I yeah. mean because Homer's not that quick yeah. Yeah. yeah why would he do that exactly and then uh. there are the scoundrels and liars who think Homer's saying yeah it's fun or it was fun uh, the people think that yeah that was either, like yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. fun oh that no uh, yeah. I don't like this Mandela effect it's yeah. uh you're wrong out there if you're listening uh but if you want the definitive statement on it I did find the quote from uh so uh, an awesome BuzzFeed writer, Kat Angus, dug into this. Uh, she first contacted Oakley, Bill Oakley, but he admitted this was an improvised line. Of course. So they didn't write it. So they went to Dan Castellaneta, and here's what he said. The line was improvised. Albert Brooks always improvised whenever he did the show. That line was a reflexive response to Albert's improvised line upon seeing about seeing a man say goodbye to a shoe. I probably thought it was the a previous time, but it is funnier if he means he saw it at that moment. He's wrong. Wrong. <laughs> well, he's right to think if Dan Castellaneta thinks it's funnier to misinterpret it, but he says his intention was exactly. he'd seen it a previous time. So, so we're all right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's the important thing. What's important that... is we're right. End the podcast <laughs> entirely. There are, so there are two jokes in this episode that are now real things, and one of them is Marge's autovac, which yeah. is now just a Roomba. That was nice. a joke in 1996 that, that a thing would vacuum your house automatically. Wow. Yeah. That's and crazy. now it's just like, yeah, she's got a Roomba. And it's hard in these clips not to, I normally try not to have these long of clips, but just every word Albert Brooks says in this is so good. It should be celebrated. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like the, um, you know, cadence of it, like how, how fast the how clip of his talking is. Yeah. He switches emotions on a dime. Run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so run. And, and also his, I just love his defining himself as a boss. Like, I don't like the word boss. I mean, I get paid more than you. Yeah. I take longer vacations. But I just love Hank Scorpio the entire time through this episode. And I think it is sort of going back to what we were saying earlier is that he, in, like, gives Homer some purpose and some worth and he values him. And so I love him as a result. There's also, you know, apart from him being <laughs> a dastardly villain and doing dastardly villain things, those are the only time that when he's trying to kill somebody, does it seem like he's a bad guy? Otherwise, he seems fucking fantastic. I'd work for him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. That's what's so hard. It's truly a moral conflict. It's kind of the separating art from the artist thing that we deal with so much, is if mm -hmm. you love someone in some way for all the amazing things, <laughs> but then point. they do something bad, yeah. what do you do there? 
Would you take a supportive boss if you had to blow up France at the same time? That's the question. <laughs> no one ever says Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would also say that I would, based on the character's history, I would think Mr. Burns has killed at least as many innocent people as right. Scorpio has, too. So may as well work for the nice one out yeah. of the two of those guys. The lesser of two evils, yes. <laughs> I want to say ignorance is bliss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah. be yeah. as ignorant as possible. Well, and Homer is quite ignorant at this, so, yeah, <laughs> and that's why he's so happy. Uh, is, and, and the person who's not happy immediately is March, who has nothing to do in this. I and know. that broke my heart of the line of like, uh, oh, I guess I'll see if the beds are still made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Marge and Lisa get about 45 seconds of story each just yes. because everything has to get out of the way of Albert Brooks. Yeah, and so Josh Weinstein said on this, I was at that Stonecutters as well. Mm. Um, right. And uh, he was saying that he he remembers feeling bad that they didn't really give <laughs> much to the Lisa storyline. Her only story is that she has allergies. and yeah. Right, like, right. <laughs> like when they check in on her, her again nothing has really progressed but yeah. whatever it's Al- cute yeah Albert Brooks takes up a lot of space in this so I understand though I also I didn't think of it I I never noticed this until Mike Reese mentioned it in his book but that he said that in John Schwarzwelder's episodes he would routinely forget to write Marge <laughs> or Lisa in it so I right. wonder too if the underwriting of that maybe stems from Schwarzwelder's original script. I've also heard a Mrs. Schwarzwelder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've also heard that he misspells character names in his scripts pretty routinely. Yeah. Uh, If if it's funny as that, let's spell check dude. (laughs) (laughs) Find and replace. Maggie gets even less. Like, you just know that she hates her swing-a-ma-jig, and that's it. That's not resolved. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess happening there. I guess when they move, they don't bring that with them. That's very funny. But that's a pretty great deal, too, of, like, they get a monstrous house for free on top of paying for moving like it's i want to do it tomorrow yeah (laughs) if just for that i would work i he didn't wouldn't even have to be that nice i would work for i would work for scorpio Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i've worked in an open office plan and this just yuck i hate i want privacy i want cubicles i seeing this no walls thing that scorpio has just like oh what about this it just makes me tense thinking about my office jobs still that that whole conversation of homer going there for the first time is perfect every single second of it. Yeah, why, why don't we play it? <laughs> you will notice, my new best friend, that we are pretty casual around here. Yes, sir. I will notice that. Very yeah. casual, Mr. Scorpion. Don't call me Mr. Scorpion. It's Mr. Scorpio, but don't call me that either. Call me Hank. Uh, say, before we continue our tour, would you mind hanging my coat up on the wall, please? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, <laughs> Relax, Homer and Globex. We don't believe in walls. Matter of fact, I didn't even give you my coat. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> yeah, it's so that drawing uh, is amazing. Uh, it's so great. The coat backwards, but yeah. the, I, I, smiling I, like a madman. I feel like I've seen that on Simpsons tattoo quite oh, a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sc- Scorpi- Scorpion is so funny. Scorpion. <laughs> Don't call me that. It's uh, Scorpio. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Don't call me that either. Uh, I mean, he is evil, but I like that there's no twist. Like usually, when you have a quote unquote cool boss. A, uh, like, I'm a straight shooter. I'm the cool boss. He's not cool. That's all up front. He will tear <laughs> right, into you. Right. But uh, Scorpio gives Homer FaceTime. He's very supportive. Like, I feel like I like that there's no twist that he is actually a dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could be both. <laughs> and uh, his I didn't even give you my coat thing is so great, too, that he is... He wants to do sleight-of-hand magician work, but he didn't do it right, and mm-hmm. that Homer just kind of has to take it like, 
Do I tell him he did it on backwards, or do I just let it go? It's a very oh, nervous oh. smile he has. Yeah, like, please buy this. Uh, and and also that Homer is so dressed up while he's his work dressed up. While meanwhile everybody else is in casual office attire now, which is just this is just the reality of at least of the tech websites I worked at in San Francisco. This that just how it is. Yeah, like, and like mm-hmm. treadmills in the office. I was laid off for a job, and lots of people were getting treadmill desks before that <laughs> happened. I was like, did my my job pay for that? <laughs> Treadmill desks? Are you kidding me? Did you guys have trust falls with your bosses? Oh, no. 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 Uh, we, I skipped out on it, but they did get a very hacky improv troupe to oh. teach us to trust each other. We did have oh, that. Oh, boy. Like, that was... I would never trust anyone who brought an improv class into my oh. job. <laughs> no way. Stay in your lane. Well, I'm, I'm cool with improv troops, but not ones that bring rubber chickens with them. When they've had uh, the rubber chicken, I'm like, you know what? Thing. Yeah, I think maybe I could just imagine a rubber chicken. The Simpsons will be right back. Get the hell out of here, moccasins. And hey, we want to thank this week our very, very, very special guests once more, the Everything's Coming Up Simpsons crew, Ellie Gertz and Julia Prescott. We wouldn't have flown out to L.A. and recorded with them if it wasn't for their offer to host us and record at their studio. We are super duper appreciative. And hey, you should check out their podcast if you haven't yet. It's Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. And we're going to be on an episode two so you can hear our thoughts on a future episode. Not to mention that this podcast is brought to you by patreon.com slash talking simpsons. If you're a new listener or a longtime one, you should totally check it out. Why? Well, not only does it support me and Bob doing this full time, but it also gets you tons of extras. You can get every episode of Talking Simpsons a week early and ad-free. That means you could listen to The Homer They Fall right now on that website. And if you sign up for $5 a month, you not just get that, but also access to our other podcast, What a Cartoon, where me and Bob with a guest go through a different cartoon each week. We've done King of the Hill, Wallace and Grummet, Dexter's Laboratory, Steven Universe, and even anime like Cowboy Bebop. We cover it all and you can hear that on the What a Cartoon podcast or if you sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons you'll get access to it right now. And we have tons of other extras like our exclusive interviews with folks who'd worked on the series like Mike Reese, Mike Scully, David Silverman, even Mimi Pond, the woman who wrote the first ever episode of The Simpsons and tons more and that's exclusively on the Patreon. Check that out and a ton more stuff and sign up today at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. So look, we can't all work at a job with hammocks, but who doesn't love listening to stuff while they're at work? You probably enjoy listening to podcasts. Wouldn't you also like listening to an audiobook? You have a recent Talking Simpsons guest? Yes, at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We interviewed Mike Reese about his brand new book, Springfield Confidential. It's a great interview. We dig into a ton of stuff in that hour. But if you want to hear his whole book read to you by Mike Reese himself, you can get it at audibletrial.com slash Talking Simpsons. You sign up for audibletrial.com slash Talking Simpsons. You get a 
free audiobook that is yours to keep, and that could be Springfield Confidential with Mike Reese. You can stay on as a subscriber, or you can just keep your book and say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Either way, it's yours for free if you just sign up at audibletrial.com slash talkingsimpsons. Without meaning to step on it, I love what the phone call pertains to when he gets the call oh, and drops Homer. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Homer, there's been a problem. Somebody ate part of my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the there's w- been a problem. That, uh, that, <laughs> part of. That, I love it. That one-sided phone call when you know it's part of his lunch, just he's like, uh, really? How much of it? Like, that's his... <laughs> uh, Got to think that was 100% Brooks. I don't want to take credit away from the writers if they yeah. wrote it, but it just feels so stand-up-y. Right, right, right. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And, it's, of course, with his established history of being an ad-libber and, mm-hmm. and them having such a tender relationship with him as, like, you know, creative collaborators. You know, he's been on The Simpsons since day one, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so t- I think that that's, like okay to assume that they kind of let him have free reign. Yeah, and I I also feel that uh, Homer, I love Homer trying at this job. It's very cute how he's like, can you work any harder than this? And they all start typing a little faster, but this is, I feel like this could be a commentary (laughs) on the managerial class at jobs like this where I feel like in my experience, they're kind of always in the way and just there to watch you. It's just yes. like, just let me get things done. Like, Homer is not really doing anything but watching people. And, yeah. and telling him to it. work harder. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and just vague, like, work harder. When I've gotten speeches like Homer's later speech with his Landry hat on as well, which is just like, I'm, I'm not impressed by those. He, he just didn't say think outside the box. That would Yeah, if only they'd said, then they would have been. <laughs> uh, I, I also like how his countdown does trick Homer. He's like, three, two, one, one second. second. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk it up to distrust now. Don't talk it up to distrust now. And uh, that's also where we get the reveal of Homer's dream of owning the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, actually, it, it came up before. earlier. So yes. right after they watch the the video, uh, Homer admits just like, and his dream is to own the Dallas Cowboys. And Lisa <laughs> laughs at it. It's like, I'm sorry, yeah. that's just cute. Dad. That's just cute. cute. Yeah. It it also felt. I thanks for bringing it back to that because I also love that line because it it's like a season three callback again to like a runner that they completely gave up on of Homer saying it's my boy. Boyhood dream to be baseball player. Your boyhood dream was to eat the world's largest hoagie. And, and you did it. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, so at this point, we get Hank saying, just like, and I bet they laughed at you when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I relate to Homer in this because I've been teased often for having very attainable dreams. I remember being at a job once and saying, it's my dream to appear on a Comic-Con panel. <laughs> and they were like, we work in the industry. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> I, I think that's a, I, I like that dream. I, I think uh, it's okay to have a collection of dreams. <laughs> I've always a dreamed pocket of, full, if you may. I've always dreamed of being in a Broadway audience. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's about the caliber <laughs> I shoot for. And uh, also he mentions Mike Milken, who is a real guy. He was a yeah. stock market jerk who uh, <laughs> he basically, apparently, according to Wikipedia, invented the junk bonds market and would go to jail cool. for two years for insider trading. They sent people to jail back then? I Did mean, he work with Jordan Belfort? 
I wonder, hey, that wasn't mentioned on his Wikipedia page, which is the top amount of research I did. Oh, you didn't read his autobiography? Like those are similar beats. That yeah, they, yeah. Uh, committed. He, he's a Jordan Belfort type, I would say, mm. at the very least. He, he Then he, he's now classified, according to Wikipedia, as a philanthropist, which sounds like what you do after you're caught stealing. Yeah, are, that's just still rich. what we call libertarians out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got those out here, too, uh, <laughs> at our, our neck of the woods. But uh, are we at the school yet? Yes. Yeah, so so then we, I want to say one joke that is not a joke anymore is the, the sign gag for the school is that the fact that it has a website. So there's a, a URL on the sign for the school, and that is the joke in 1996 that a school would have a website. Wow. Right. It, is, it is that advanced uh, compared to, you know, Bart's old school that has a website. That's yeah. a joke. That's a joke. I was impressed. My Tech junior bubble. high didn't have a website. Like, mm-hmm. I, Did your guys' schools have websites? No. no. But my high school, know. my high school, we had to do a lot of online stuff. Mm. I did have a sort of web design class I got to take. I did get to do that, but it was really just like with HTML, you can make your background blue and then right, it'll be right. bolded. We were so easily amused back yeah. then. Make all the text blink. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm definitely MySpace generation. So mm. all of us learned how to code to make our stuff look good. Very basic uh, HTML, oh, yeah. but like all of us knew how to mm-hmm, do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> and I like that Bart immediately falls into his old patterns, including finding a secondary <laughs> millhouse to be his, yeah. his. I think Bart has met like five alternate universe millhouses. Yeah, because we. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I'd really like the Shelbyville millhouse to hang out with this millhouse as he well. He seems pretty cool. He also says rad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to explode here. And he wears his backpack over one shoulder. Yep. <laughs> uh, but Bart's having some problems in his new school. Hey, Bart, (laughs) do you have a best friend yet? Because I've been looking for someone to boss me around. (laughs) Okay, folks, let's do it to it. (laughs) Grammar, that is. Uh, Everybody write down this sentence and circle the nouns. Bart is the newest addition to our menagerie. You have the honors. Um, uh... Well, let's start by reading the sentence. Two Wintum and Jolly words. Hmm. <laughs> so, you never learned cursive? Well, I know hell and damn and bitter. Uh, cursive handwriting script. Do you know the multiplication tables? Long division? I know of them. Oh, <laughs> you know, Bart, I think you'd profit from a more remedial environment. I'm sure you'll feel right at home in the Leg Up program. I moved during school years one time, uh, like in fourth grade, and it, I had kind of Bart's situation of discovering, like, this school teaches things different than my school, and I'm kind of lost for mm. a couple months here. Oh, no, only with me it was I went from public school to Catholic school, and I was mm. not, like, in the Catholic world i see so it was mostly like what are all these prayers and oh. how do i learn them <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't switch until my senior year of high school uh mm-hmm. but that oh, wow. was it, that was an interesting one uh to go to school wow. did you reinvent yourself like lisa did like look, dress up like blossom <laughs> yeah kind of um yeah it was it, there was a little bit of that in that i was a very bad student and then i was the i spoke at the graduation in my senior wow. year so that was actually kind of a fun turn it around yeah yeah I um I never had well actually I don't know it was hard because I um did switch schools um and have kind of that opportunity to kind of reinvent myself but everybody was like valley kids and like carried mm. over from there were, there was overlap from every school it seems mm. so people knew my true story so uh. I never really got that chance 
Ah, that's unfortunate. But, I I also think cursive is stupid. Yeah, like yeah. we're we're not much older than both of you, but was cursive? Did you have to learn cursive in uh, in grade school? Yeah, yep. yeah, and I was actually quite shocked to learn that they don't teach it at all anymore. I'm glad. Good. I think it's really. I love cursive. I love cursive. I, I, I say I write in it, and it calms me down. I but yeah. I also won a penmanship award. Oh <laughs> my yeah. god! I feel if, like I if I even knew be in that here. that was an option, I would have gone for that too. That would that would have replaced my Comic Con panel dream. Hell yeah! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah, I. I love love it i i agree that it's not important and that there it there are better things that we could be using our time for but i feel that way about a lot yeah. of school mm-hmm. i think most of school is horribly horribly dedicated like in terms of what we you know we're ugh, there are so many things we should be learning i know I <laughs> like know. what if they talk consent instead of cursive <laughs> <laughs> i say yeah. make it a calligraphy class and then it could be optional but, uh, <laughs> right, so they right. don't teach and then it you've anymore got an etsy store that you can look forward to yeah. at graduation <laughs> that's all you're gonna be doing well i also i did have a now i'm remembering i had a tiny bit of bart's kind of frustration but i had learned cursive but i've been taught a different cue in Ooh. Georgia than the queue I was getting taught in Florida. A regional queue? Regional queue. That's an improv troupe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but that cursive queue is bullshit. Let's admit it. Come on. <laughs> I learned the circu- a circular queue, not the one that looks like the number two, like in the, the episode here. I also, it's one of my favorite excuses of like, I know of them. <laughs> I, yes. I with that out a lot. <laughs> Whenever I'm asked about something, I clearly do not know about i say i know of them (laughs) and uh, that leg up program it's a dodgy situation where they're dealing with there because it's really hard not to it's kind of a class full of ralphs and they're all voiced by nancy cartwright yes (laughs) yeah and it i don't want them to be ableist in in those jokes there and it's kind of hard not to when you're making fun of students in a remedial class that need to learn things you know what i mean Yeah. yeah right but the the fact that it's just a Canadian kid. Yeah. Yes. They, <laughs> think they think I'm, I'm slow, slow, eh? <laughs> so it's a Canadian, someone with brain damage, and a pyromaniac. But right. uh, Matt Groening <laughs> said that they were very careful about these jokes because I think even in 1986, they didn't want to be ableist. So he was sort of the lifeguard for jokes like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting It's an interesting interesting thing to look at i definitely didn't think it was mean-spirited and i think no. that's i guess the more important thing of like how they handle a joke like that because it's really more right. about that bart is 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 failed by the school system that is yeah. Yeah. a lower middle class uh family mm-hmm. and the joke is more on the system that they give the kids a circle of paper and a safety <laughs> pencil and they <laughs> are learning one letter per week or whatever the lesson yeah. plan is to, yeah. and to just keep them behind forever which like that's that is unfortunate yeah the the I think too why they're voiced by Nancy is also because I believe it's on the commentary they say they drew them originally to all look like Ralph or to have Ralph's hairline and then they reconsidered that <laughs> but maybe they just still stuck with directing Nancy to play all of them at Ralph esque perhaps <laughs> you know, including a Canadian Ralph <laughs> I, I woke up in here is a great line <laughs> and that his name is Gordy. Gordy, that's... yeah. Great great Canadian name. Gordy Howe. And uh, that's where also Bart uh, gets called, told he has a case of the spose to <laughs> I love it. That's, it's, that is a condescending teacher thing that is very, very realistic, too. Oh, yeah. Right, right. It's it's directly from, uh, can I go to the bathroom? I don't know. Can you? Yeah. Oh, oh, just, um, you know what oh. I mean. I hate that. I also. Give me uh, a nervous sweat uh, just hearing <laughs> that. <laughs> no. I also remember asking a teacher how to spell a word. and They'd be like, look it up. I, was oh. like, I don't. No, but it starts with a 
starts with. <laughs> I hate it. You're just asking, like, can you teach me? They're like, no. I'm no. not on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fucking mind game that I just want to eradicate. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then that is when we get, like, the two, one of the 20 seconds of Lisa in this episode where yeah. I like her line, though, of like, oh, we don't have you. We don't have you in Springfield, which that at least sets the continuity reason for why she is aler- all, now all of a sudden allergic to things. Like, she's, I guess, only allergic to the things that are in Cypress Creek, and it's why she will not have allergies ever again after mm-hmm. this episode. That's that's about as good an explanation as they're going to give you. Well, they couldn't have put her in school because she would have been thrilled. It would have been like when she goes to college for mm. the first time. Yeah. Like, yeah. there would have been, you know, that's its own story. So they had to keep her out of there. You yeah. Know, if she had talked to any people, she would have been at home. So yeah. they, they kind of yeah. had to do that. Or they could have done a story where the other kids are way smarter than her. and But they've already done that with Lisa's rival. Lisa's rival. Yeah. 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 So that story's already been done. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was just thinking about that episode now. Mm. <laughs> Let's talk about that one now. <laughs> the second I saw that chipmunk, I knew that chipmunk was dead. Even yeah. at first airing, I was like, this chipmunk's getting killed. It has a cohort later that gets <laughs> revenge. Yeah. Maybe he's getting revenge. On, he blames Lisa for the owl getting him. That's when Homer buys the hat, which that is such an Oakley and Weinstein name. Berman's dry, dry cleaning. Cleaner. How <laughs> many hours were spent I just pacing the room? Uh, lose dry cleaning? No, no, not specific enough. And uh, that's when he real- Homer realizes, I'm a guy like me, ah, and buys yeah. that hat. <laughs> and uh, that's when he gives his, like, meaningless micromanagement speech. Uh, to, <laughs> and that's, But that also reminds me of Cool Offices, which is you have all these perks and everything, but all of the guys under him are working, like, 18-hour days and are, are miserable. Like, right. <laughs> uh, something I wanted to, to, to uh, focus on really quickly just a second ago is uh, the, the spend zone, uh, yeah. which is the store. Uh, we get, <laughs> look, it's a baseball made out of secretariat. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a well-realized boardwalk like new shopping district too of just all these things that are too expensive for the mall they need their right, own right. windows like, i was yeah. sad we didn't get more sign gags like in mm. uh summer of four foot two there was only the spend zone is the only sign that we mm-hmm. see in that little downtown area cypress creek other than it being run by the evil hank scorpio <laughs> is a very normal town so that includes like no no joke names for places like the perma bank <laughs> oh yeah right 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 and I, I believe you know like the idea of it being this polished brand new district like a reborn kind of mall so it, i think would be uh by nature minimalist yeah, yeah. i can see that mm-hmm. and uh but homer then he, he realizes what they truly need some hammocks <laughs> uh, hi homer what can i do for you sir i need to know where i can get some business hammocks <laughs> my goodness what an idea why didn't i think of that hammocks homer there's four places there's the hammock hut that's on third uh-huh there's hammocks are us Got that's it. on third too you got put your butt there. Mm-hmm. That's on third. Yes. Swing low, sweet cherry. <laughs> yes. Matter of fact, they're all in the same complex. It's the hammock complex down on third. Oh, the hammock district. That's right. Ready <laughs> for the link up, Mr. Scorpio. Uh, Homer, one second. I got to take care of this. Very important. Be right back. Fine. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. This is Scorpio. I have the doomsday device. You have 72 hours to deliver the gold, or you face the consequences. And to prove I'm not bluffing, watch this. Oh, my God, the 59th Street Bridge. Maybe it just collapsed on its own. (laughs) We can't take that chance. You always say that. (laughs) I want to take a chance. Collapsed on its own, you sh... 
You have 72 hours. See you. Back to the hammocks, my friend. <laughs> yes. You know there's a little place called Mary Ann's Hammocks. The nice thing about that place is Mary Ann gets in the hammock with you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. You know what's that in the hammock? <laughs> no. That's something for you to do. Huh. Find that out. Oh, that's a great act break. I'm just smiling evilly yes. as the as the curtain closes or like the uh. gate closes. Homer, this is what I was talking about earlier. Just all those tiny little subtle. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and him just standing in the background, scratching his ass as all of this evil is unfolding. Yes. Yeah. It, it would be impossible for him not to hear it. I know. And yet he doesn't. <laughs> he chooses not to. He chooses yeah. not to. And that's uh, that's. Actually, it feels kind of like an Austin Powers joke. We were talking about Austin Powers off mic, but the, ah. the I want to take a chance. Like, yes. Yeah. All these guys, these UN guys are used to being in life or death arguments with a supervillain like this. And this guy's fed up with being told <laughs> we can't take that chance. He's finally going to tell him we can take a chance. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I also, I love uh, the uh, Homer needs uh, some sugar. Mm. Yeah. And I've always wondered about this fucking joke. <laughs> Yes, Hank just keeps sugar in his pockets. Do you want any milk? Uh, no. no. <laughs> it's just loose. Sorry, it's not an individual package. Why do you guys but... think that he has loose sugar in his pockets? He is uh, a, a very helpful weirdo. Yeah. And I don't mean to be a pedant, but he says uh, it's cream, which makes it an even spermier joke. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I'm sorry I said that word. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the loose sugar... <laughs> I, it's it's quite a non sequitur. I get. I can't. I'm usually I, the one to think of an in canon reason for it, but there honestly can't be. It's any. a John. I really feel like this is a John Swartzwelder joke. Yes, of the, just it's like, just funny. Pockets yeah. full <laughs> of sugar. Just pocket, walking around with. Doesn't loose need to be sugar. more than that. It can just be simple. Yeah. He just likes the like feel. Like wizzle wazzle. <laughs> but he's so benevolent to all of his employees. He wants like if they need sugar, I've got your sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also like when Homer gets into that office. He says like. I've never noticed this office before. Like, why should you? It's mine. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Albert Brooks just sounds... Guess what? He's a comedic genius. But it feels like he is just so quick to everything. He's firing on all cylinders, too, in this episode. He's really in his prime. Very (laughs) matter-of-factly delivering all this stuff. (laughs) And uh, uh, Yes, this is... Oh, yeah, I do have a clip when Lisa finds out she's allergic to everything. Ah, the whole forest is blooming. Excuse me. My eyes are burning. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Oh, little chipmunk Fred. I'm allergic to everything. That's the end of Lisa. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will compliment the animation for making yes. it looks painful to yeah. have to be yeah. as allergic as she is. Like I have some allergies and just the way the way she also Yardley Smith, amazing acting on oh, yeah. that pain of and stuffiness. Like pretending to sneeze can't be easy in especially in just voice, but yeah. she mm-hmm. did a great job there. And that I, I do love the chipmunk's revenge of just a chipmunk. I don't think a chipmunk can actually put blow? his lips together and blow, and yet this one does. To like, just as an extra fu from nature. To That's Lisa. the reason for the animation. Yeah. That's where they got it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> every they... episode needs to have one. <laughs> and so we have the Mister Bont. Oh scene. Yes. yes. Yeah. Why don't Why don't we hear some more about Scorpio and Bont? <laughs> Ingenious, isn't it, Mister Bont? 
Scorpio, you're totally mad. <laughs> I wouldn't point fingers, you jerk. Sure, do you expect <laughs> me to talk? I don't expect anything from you except to die and be a very cheap funeral. <laughs> you're gonna die now. <laughs> ah. Stop him! He's supposed to die! <laughs> nice work, Homer! Am I proud of you? Well... When you go home tonight, there's gonna be another story on your house. Thank you. Man, that scene is like, has a shocking ending. They just all shoot him at the yes. end. It cuts away. And yeah. Homer's take on that is, I tackled a loafer at work today. Yeah. <laughs> Telling Marge about it. He's so that, proud of himself. That's what Homer tells himself. They're like, oh, I tackled a loafer at work. Like, that's weird to do. And even if that was what he did, that's weird to do. Yeah. In an Nobody questions it. Yeah. And yeah, just the, it, it's almost too jark a joke for the Simpsons that I'm not used to. Of Like, they... They literally kill James Bond on screen with yeah. just four guys just all shooting him at once. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah, and I, I just love the Sean Connery uh, oh, portrayal so of, yeah. of this character. All the voice acting in this episode is top notch. The yeah. scene where he escapes, he flicks a quarter and it like diverts the laser so it shoots off all of his shackles. It's really it's very great. Clever. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a lot more clever than the similar way Daniel Craig escaped from Blofeld in the Spectre movie where it's just... Blofeld just forgets to take his watch, and he just like <laughs> drops his watch, and it, it explodes. Like <laughs> that, that that scene's kind of crappy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I I like some Daniel Craig Bond movies. Uh, I actually, yeah, I didn't even ask like how much of a Bond fan are people in this. I've I've watched a few. I'm not a I'm not a mega fan of James Bond. I was on a like a like a video panel type thing about James Bond uh, for Birth Movies Death a while ago, uh, like. Four or five years ago, and uh, I spoke to Matt Gorley, who's the mm. biggest fan, oh, yeah. and uh, Jeremy Smith, who is um, Mr. Beaks from Ain't It Cool News, and then uh, the, uh, the late great Devin Faraci, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, dear friend, but uh, we don't talk about him much. Yeah. Uh, but he had us all on, and uh, I I watched about six Bond movies in preparation, and I really loved them. But a lot of my stuff got cut from that because I was talking about how there were you know just how there are no women characters that are of note uh, mm -hmm. that aren't like with the you know the word pussy in their names right. like <laughs> um <laughs> like uh you know i i had some views but my sister who's ultra ultra lisa simpson type loves the james bond mm -hmm. movies and still is super super feminist and loud but yeah. she's just like it's my favorite thing in the world so wow. she loves it I, I think they're really fun i'll go to every single one that i could see but in terms of, like the old ones like i'm not a super big nerd about it or anything yeah i care not for them that's dad mm. shit mm. <laughs> <laughs> face though i will say that i do enjoy a good old-fashioned bond song i think that that's as, about as far yeah. as my fandom goes i remember um, garbage is the world is not enough being pretty nice. Yeah, yeah I like that one. Yeah, Skyfall, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were all in the Skyfall. Oh, Skyfall's great. And the song. about as far as it goes. <laughs> yeah. I've like only read a few of the books, and they're great if you can stand, uh, um, like, impossibly horrible racism. Yeah. yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, uh, you know, it's, you, your time's better spent. Yeah. <laughs> he was a terrible man. Yes. Uh, you mean... Uh, James Bond? Uh, <laughs> both. Him and uh, Ian Fleming. Yes. yes. Yeah. The, they, they had to ma make it Mr. Bond. <laughs> Yes. Because they were afraid of getting sued, which I guess Just, like do you want to get sued? Yeah. No, it's funnier with the it's funnier one with Bond anyway, yeah. Which is why they deleted Bond from the How I Learned to uh, Springfield with a Dollar Sign that that one. Oh yes. yeah. yeah, 
I like how uh, Scorpio is too enigmatic to be pithy. Like the line is, "I expect you to die," but he's like, "I expect you to die and leave a very easy like, disposable have a, corpse." Have a cheap funeral. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he's like, "You're gonna die now." Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also, you jerk. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so so simple. <laughs> yeah. He's he's not. I he's, love it. He's he likes being a supervillain, not being uh, particularly clever though. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Homer is proud of his work. He's bragging about jumping on a loafer and. We didn't even talk about Marge's implied uh, alcoholism, which then d- isn't it. So which, uh, funny yeah. because she's just like, oh, and I've been having a uh, a bottle and a half of uh, one a day. You're supposed to have, a- or sorry, I've been having a bottle a day. You're supposed to have a bottle and a half, but uh, I don't know. I, I just can't, can't drink, drink that, that much. much. <laughs> and I also love, I am well, I don't know if love is the word, but like her just pouring one single glass in the music. Bum, bum, bum. bum, bum. Yes, you know, like, yeah. Jesus, guys, can you just throw her one bone? <laughs> <laughs> and that she, then it's revealed like she's just sipping on that all day. Like she's not having multiple of them. Oh, it's just she's, a glass. It's one glass. Yeah. 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 That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they, I think they realize like, well, we can't actually have her be a, an alcoholic now though they do do that in the episode it's the it's the one where they go to see basically attack of the clones and then homer and marge I think just, it's called days of wine and doses okay yeah that that makes sense they they just become wine vineyard drunks at uh, uh while meanwhile bart and lisa are yelling at a george lucas character who's for some reason like four feet tall which doesn't really make that's <laughs> not if there's there's some things you can make fun of george lucas for but he's he's not short yeah that's, yeah <laughs> i think people just look at him now with his beard and think that he looks like uh, what's the word i'm looking for not a wookie um but a, ewok. an ewok and mm. maybe like associate that with shortness okay <laughs> say maybe like a human papa smurf Ish. Right, yeah. A There's a lot that. of other attributes they assign to him. <laughs> He's got uh, that red hat all the time, right? That's him. <laughs> yeah. And uh and yeah, they all convince Homer that they gotta go. It's it's cute little scene of everybody just saying all their problems, which they It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It sucks for Homer. Homer's been nothing but good. Yeah. I know. And he finally is being treated with respect and as we said, is is showing up to the job. He's not right. he's not being lazy here. He's he actually doing a great job. Yeah, if he had continued he would have been thriving. Absolutely. <laughs> Mm. With his boy, and also Marge's boiled celery, her famous yeah. boiled celery. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that I can't goes, taste it. Does it pair well with butterscotch chicken? Mm. <laughs> it's a nice side. What about a caramel cod? <laughs> 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 so yeah, Homer Homer realizes he's got to quit, and he finds just the right time to quit. Hank Scorpio. Uh, you got a problem, Hank? Oh, gee, Homer, could wait a sec, please. Well, it's pretty mm-hmm. important. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's going on? I'm having a little trouble with the government. Oh, those jerks always walking over to small businessmen. Don't get me started about the government. What's the problem? Well, my family wants to move back to Springfield. Let them go. You'll stay here with me. We'll go bowling. <laughs> what's bothering them? Nothing big. It's just a lot of little things. Well, you can't argue with the little things. It's the little things that make up life. <laughs> I'm disappointed, but I think you need to do what's best for your family. Well... Thanks for everything, Hank. T minus 14 seconds. Need anything? You call me. All right. What's the number? I never had to call my own company. <laughs> Someone will tell you upstairs. But Homer, on your way out, if you want to kill somebody, it would help me a lot. <laughs> 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 
I love when Homer's walking out and a grenade lands by him. He just like mopily kicks it away. Yeah. He just, <laughs> yeah. Even when there is like the threat of imminent death is in front of Homer, and he <laughs> he's still oblivious to it. That that oblivious. It's it's also a fine line they have to walk in this of like. How many deaths can we show on screen and of them killing army men? And they, like I they said, they do kill Norman Schwarzkopf just yeah. on screen. Storm and Norman is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the, I think the most like uh, troubling of the violence is the the scalded men who get the green stuff dumped on them. They're just like. Like they're, it's so painful looking. <laughs> we don't that, see their flesh melting off. Which I feel like that could have been a Treehouse of Horror choice. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say fine line. Like they can't. You can see him explode, but if there was blood everywhere, it would be darker. But yeah. uh, his death. I I also like that behind the scenes you're seeing that since Homer has killed James Bond, no one is here to stop this plan that James <laughs> Bond would have stopped. And so <laughs> yeah. And that in the world of the Simpsons, at some point, it would be in their history books, a supervillain has taken over the East Coast in the universe of the Simpsons. Which it would have, you know, what what a good villain that could have been for our movie. <laughs> I know. Because he's gone unthwarted this whole time. <sighs> I wonder, I mean, I'm sure that there's some record of them speaking to this, <laughs> surely, but I wonder if it's it was more of not wanting to do a deep cut reference for the show to alienate international markets and, and alienate like broad audiences for this. I, I think that was their reasoning, but I feel like creating a new character is just as um, meaningless to newcomers as creating an, uh, like using agree. an old, old, like obscure character. So I don't see the, I don't understand the reasoning. And they could have, you know, just called it Hank and not ever mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just treat it like yeah. a character. Thing. Like mm-hmm. I believe uh, one of their reasons for not having Milhouse be Lisa's love interest in the movie was, well, people won't know going to the movie that Milhouse has a crush on Lisa. Like we want new people to I, figure yeah, it out, but it's that. like, it doesn't matter if it's a new character. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Milhouse. People are just going to walk into it like, oh, this person likes Lisa. I can figure mm. it out. Agreed. You're seeing the Simpsons movie they've 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 bought in at that point yes, anyway. exactly. and uh yeah that it's it's a great gifable moment on frank frankiac of just him cackling with his flamethrower so yeah good. again yeah. he's not elon musk i'm sorry yeah. i even made the comparison i once <laughs> made that out of felt for my friend i got like a uh, shadow box and i assembled it through felt and it was oh that's amazing very rewarding have any, lend itself well to that have any rich nerds killed themselves with those flamethrowers yet? I feel like I there should have been news stories Google about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't put those things like in people's hands. Positivity in my yeah. life. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a mistake. There's a reason people can't all buy it. Like you know, normally flamethrowers. Uh, so they get back to Springfield. It's it's also it was something I really like pacing wise in this episode that. They basically spend two thirds of it not in Springfield, and it just gives it a completely different feel of any other episode. There's other than Hank Scorpio, there's no other supporting characters there who are weird or silly or anything. Like it's it's it gives it a very different like structure than any other one. And when they finally return to Springfield, you're like oh wow, okay, yeah, I remember this. Like mm-hmm. even seeing the garish colors of their home, you're like. Oh yeah, nothing in Cypress Creek is colored like Springfield is either with its extremes. It makes the world feel a lot bigger when you get back. You're kind of like, there's this whole world out there, Mm -hmm. and here we are at home. Mm -hmm. Upstate somewhere, which is where Cypress Creek is. uh, But Homer finds a gift when he gets there. Telegram! Project Arcturus couldn't have succeeded (laughs) without you. This will get you a little closer to that dream of yours. It's not the Dallas Cowboys, but it's a start. Drop me a line if you're on the East Coast. Hank Scorpio. 
Oh, the Denver Broncos. I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, explain to me why it isn't. <sighs> you just don't understand football, Marge. Gosh. But they later went on to become a good team. Yeah. I know, I know. I don't know, I don't know anything about football, but I know they won the next two uh, Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's, yeah. A, that's a date that, or that's <laughs> a dated joke. That I remember, quite yeah. yeah, I remember when this episode came out, uh, my football-loving mom, uh, whose home team is the Raiders. Uh, so, you know. My mom make, loves the Raiders, too. Really? I'm like, make as many judgments as you will. <laughs> uh, but uh, she conveniently looks the other way when they are um, accused of cheating. Uh, anyway, I remember her watching this episode with her and her being like, all right, like to Homer's <laughs> line about you just don't get football marks. Like, she's like, I'm with Homer. I'm like, okay, everybody calm down. Okay. Uh, One joke for you, Mrs. But yeah, and the Denver Broncos are animated as being particularly bad at football. Yeah. Just not catching a like five foot throw or something, which uh, like they, if they were producing this even in 1995, I feel like the Denver couldn't have been the worst team. I, I am also, I'm not a football fan. I'm not, I had to look up the thing on the Super Bowl. I can hear all the corrections pouring in. We should just stop yes. talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Hey, but though I also think Homer's, if Homer thinks he's going to ever own the Dallas Cowboys, like, Pretty much every football team is owned by basically kings at this point. Like money, yeah. they 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 just gift it to their children. It's inherited. No one buys a. No one can buy the Dallas Cowboys from Jerry. I think the Simpsons could. Yeah, Maybe. like the entity, the Simpsons. Ah, <laughs> that'd be great. Now with the Disney, yeah, World Disney finally into sports. I think they finally can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when is that deal ever going to just get closed? I keep feeling like I it, don't know. I, I want it to officially be owned by Disney until I'm tired of waiting. Yeah, apparently Jerry Jones is on the Dallas Cowboys since 1989. So <laughs> from the beginning of The Simpsons until now. Wow, boy. I, 1989 still feels too recent to me. I don't like thinking that is 30. Year, they're, no, 29. Yep. Yes. I'm not quite at 30 yet. <laughs> uh, but so that's that. That's the end of the episode. Then there's a whole, uh, which will be our outro song, the Yay, Scorpio yeah, song. Yeah, it's Scorpio. It's so good. <laughs> Friday healer jam. Yeah. Hot dogs and burgers <laughs> and beer. <laughs> uh, I, for me, I think this episode is one of my favorite high. Uh, it's it's a favorite of mine just for a guest star, but also it's one of my favorite high concept ones, I guess you'd call it. Of mm-hmm. Like not it, it like 22 short films. It's just the it's a one gag thing of just Homer works for a Bond villain. Where do you go with that? And they find so many amazing places to go. With yeah, it. it's it's it, it's a great way to truly start season seven. After you know we all have fun with the Treehouse of Horror, but now it's time for the real season to begin. Oh and yeah, I, and season seven's the best uh, season of The Simpsons. Hands I like it mm-hmm. a lot, but I feel like it's an even higher concept where it's like, what if Homer works for a Bond villain, but also what if uh, this new kind of CEO is actually a Bond villain? Mm. So it's like all yeah. of these different like high concepts. I mean, it blindsided me in 1996, and that's why I still love it. Uh, you guys, like, how, what do you feel about this episode? It's one of the best episodes of all time. I mean. This episode and A Fish Called Selma are two favorite episodes of mine. Um, yeah. Just because like, they're both very weird characters that get this spotlight. Mm-hmm, like Phil mm-hmm. Hartman and um, Phil Hartman and Albert Brooks are like such perfect Simpsons cameo. Obviously, we get Phil a lot more, but yeah. I don't know. It's just they're so, 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 so good. It's like um, the trifecta is like Phil Hartman, um, Albert Brooks, and John Lovitz. Yes. 
And I'm, I mean, Phil Hartman does uh, a lot of the voice acting, heavy lifting out of that trio, but they're, they all bring a humanity to their characters, which I think speaks well to how those episodes that you named endured, because it's all about humanizing these characters that we could have accepted as flat, especially Troy McClure. We could have accepted, you know, even like this Bond villain. The joke would have still played if it was just like um, A plus B equals C, but instead, you know, there's all these different like gradients to it of Homer being valued and us enjoying that as an audience that loves and cares about Homer and then you know the conflict of the family not getting along as well and yeah I just feel like this episode it it doesn't pull any punches as far as story or character development or jokes it's it's really you know uh, a triple threat if you had to choose though would you choose Hank Scorpio or Grimes Ooh. Boy, or Lyle Landley, but I feel like that's uh-huh. not really. I think Lyle that's gets not, a third. Yeah. yeah I, oh God, this is hard. Grimes and versus Scorpios—they're mm. to me the hardest question yeah. because they're vastly different, but they both like bring so much and change the world so much. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, I I'm I might have to side with Grimes by like a hair because the metatextual element of Frank Grimes is something that is just gives it a little bit of an edge over Hank Scorpio, where it's like a normal guy in a cartoon world commenting on uh, the monster people that we have grown to love and I love that aspect of Grimes <laughs> yeah uh, well just so I don't copy your answer <laughs> I'm gonna, please copy away uh, no I'm going to say Scorpio I love his boisterousness and I also think Grimes I do love but he was pulled down just a little bit for me with the Grimes sequel episode where his son comes back to help Sideshow Bob try to kill Homer that that made him too silly for me but I do like the reg- Grimes is so or grimy he's, he's perfect <laughs> in his point and his death is one of the funniest yeah. things in the show too. But I, I guess I like I like Scorpio's triumph more than, than Grimes' uh sad death as well. <laughs> what do yeah. you what do you think? Um I'm gonna go with Hank Scorpio. Mm. Um because as far as like overall enjoyment and rewatchability and like the general like mood and tone that I want to live in, it's it's more this episode. I feel like the Grimes episode, um, albeit very important to, you know, sort of changing the format of the show and changing the way that they were telling stories, it kind of feels like a Gus Van Sant movie you watch once but go, <laughs> That was very important and I'm glad I watched that. <laughs> um, whereas this You Only Move Twice uh, episode is more of like I don't know like a Steven Spielberg type of movie that you're like I'll watch Catch Me If You Can (laughs) you know I'm having a good time it's more fun yeah I one last thing I'll say about Albert Brooks in this is that I had forgotten until just checking it now that like they didn't he should have been more of a regular he wasn't used again until the 2005 16th season episode The Heart Broke Kid Mm. like that it's just so Odd to me that he had been used pretty like not every season, but more more seasons than not. Right. And then after this, they're like, "Nah, let's let's not call Albert Brooks for a few for a decade." But the way that guest stars and voice actors were used changed so drastically over the years, and it wasn't about necessarily like who could do the voice best. It was who could bring in the most people because right. we want to do stunt casting. Yeah. And sometimes stunt casting is really fun. It's not my thing. Mm. Right. But it is it is there there's a validity to ch- choosing Lady Gaga over Albert Brooks that I think some people love. 
Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. I mean, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein love getting old men like mm-hmm. Lawrence Tierney yeah. and uh, Kirk Douglas. But uh, Mike Scully, he was friends with Mel Gibson. He had a lot of bigger stars on his <laughs> on his on his shows, which are I mean, I, I love his shows. But yeah, the, it's all about the choices. I mean, right. I'd like to hang out with the Rolling Stones, yeah. but they're not as funny as Albert Brooks. You know, Ali, did you weigh in on the on the Scorpio versus Grimes thing? I, I didn't, and it's something that I'm going to think about for a long time. But knee jerk reaction. <laughs> I don't know. It really is, it tears me up inside. But I, I I love Scorpio so much. But I think grimy maybe. Thank God. Mm. I think it's grimy. It's split. It's split. I uh, I have a song about grimy also, which means maybe I should write one about Scorpio. Yeah. Mm. We'll see. There already is the best song about Scorpio, so there's really no point. (laughs) But uh, I guess we're going to wrap up now. So thank you so much for joining us, Ali and Julia. Please plug uh, yourselves and your great podcast and everything. Let our listeners know where they can find you. You bet. You could find us at Simpsons Pod on Twitter and everything else. And uh, I'm at Ali Gertz on everything. I'm at Julia Prescott on everything. We have a book coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's available for pre-order. You guys might like it. It's called 100 Things Simpsons Fans Must Know and Do Before They Die. Yeah. And uh, we'll be touring with that Mm -hmm. and with the live show and we'll be posting that online so just keep an eye out for that but thanks for having us you guys oh, yeah, yeah thanks for inviting us to your studio and uh, next year we're going to write the 101 things you must do before you <laughs> oh, yeah. so perfect it'll be so much better look I out bet. they're gonna be next to each other on the shelf <laughs> great i you love have to it choose. Uh, as, <laughs> we yeah. can do the amazon suggestions together so oh, that man. feels yeah. nice <laughs> no i i love everything's coming up simpson so much some of my favorites of, like your recent algene interview so great oh thanks um Oh man, now I can't I can't remember the man's name, but you had on uh, a guy who works at Starburns. What's the name of the man? Yeah, oh, sorry. Dino? Uh, no, not Dino. Another guy who who animates at Starburns who had worked on the earliest seasons of it. Oh and... yeah, um, Joe Russo. Yeah, Joe mm. Russo. His that I love because I've read him and listened to millions of interviews with like the high level folks, but to hear his view of being just like a soldier in the Klasky Chupo army was yes. just so amazing. Yeah. That guy um, has. A well of stories that we didn't even get past the tip of the iceberg for. He's a crazy maniac. Yeah, we got to yeah. get it back on. Yeah, we got to. I, I love your interviews, but I also love when you have a writer on just to do a regular episode about it, about an episode. Oh, like Josh, yes. The Josh Weinstein ones are great. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, so good. And yeah. uh, so, yeah, as for us, you can find us on all your pod things. Look for Talking Simpsons. Please subscribe if you haven't yet. And we are also supported by Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We have a lot of incentives for you to donate. Uh, we have a lot of exclusive podcasts like Talking Critic, Talking Futurama, so many interviews with so many Simpsons writers and creatives. We also have monthly community podcasts. Uh, anything else I'm missing, Henry? Uh, well, yeah, our season wrap-ups, and we go through the deleted scenes, and we have our special premium videos one a month for uh, $10 and up patrons. Yes, and as for me, you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts every Monday, occasionally Friday, at retronauts.com, or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. Um, Henry, how about you? At H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, and you follow me there for all my uh, political rants, but also uh, updates on when things go live on this. Yes, and thank you so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week for The Homer They Fall. See you then. Scorpio, he'll sting you with his dreams of power and wealth. Beware of Scorpio. His twisted twin obsessions are his blood to rule the world and his employees' health. He'll welcome you into his lair like the nobleman welcomes his guest. Dental care and a stock plan that helps you invest. But beware of his generous pensions, plus three weeks paid vacation each year. And on Fridays, the lunch will serve hot dogs and burgers and beer. He loves German beer. Look,
lady, I'm supposed to be in the fourth grade. Sounds to me like someone's got a case of the spozdas. Hmm.